Okay, so if you're like me, you've probably reached this point in your business where you're like, look, we got to grow, we got to scale, and what we do, we're really, really great at it, but every single client adds on more staff, more resources, and it feels like you're fighting in order to scale, and can I actually do it? Because the beast just seems to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, I get it. Dean gets it. We've been there. And want to offer you a solution today to that reality and show you how you can continue scaling your business here on The Growth Engineers. So, <laughs> Dean, I'm super stoked about this topic because honestly, especially for everyone who owns an agency, you're facing this reality. For everyone who's listening, who is a highly skilled professional, where you're billing for an hour of time, you're mm -hmm. gonna face this reality. So I can't wait to have this conversation with you, buddy. Welcome. Good well, awesome. Yeah, good seeing you again. I'm looking forward to this episode because it, it gives us an opportunity to get our audience to think about their business and their revenue and how they produce profits and then ultimately scale a little differently, right? Yeah. If, if we're knowledge-based businesses, which just like all of our audience is, right, we're sharing what's between our ears and our team's ears with our clients. We're exchanging that knowledge for money. Usually the equation boils down to what? How many hours are we going to spend and how much can we get away with charging? Right. Right? That's really what it comes And when I say get away with, it's not like we're doing something unethical. It's like, where do we feel that number is right? Or should we be, depending on your business, right? 100 bucks, 200 bucks, 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks an hour. Whatever but it is. It comes back down to that same equation. But here's the problem. We only have 24 hours in a day, dude. And you can't work all of them, even though sometimes it feels like we do. So we've got to get away from that model. And, and I know what a lot of people probably think is they'll go, well, we sell projects. But when you scope a project, what do you do? Time and material. Right. So you're back to that same equation. So we're going to get into a few examples here. And because I know that our audience have they're everything from solopreneurs mm -hmm. to businesses with teams. Mm-hmm. And so the how you do it, the solution is going to be different for your business, different for the size of your business, the clients you work with, the kind of services you provide. But the goal here is to throw a bunch of ideas out, some strategies to think about, so you can layer these on to, I'm not suggesting you change your business model and your revenue model tomorrow. You start layering these on so you can create opportunities for growth and scale. So philosophically, that's sort of where I want to position our conversation today. So let me ask you this. Is it a change in business model or are we augmenting the business model? Sometimes people burn down the house and rebuild. So it's a full change. Other times it's an augmentation or it's an evolution. Hmm. So you have to look at your, so what a lot of people do is I'll jump right to the solution. Well, what is it that I have to do? What is that offer? What is that package? What is that course, that mastermind I have to offer? I've got to tell you, that's the wrong question to ask. Hmm. The place to start is look at yourself. 
look at your business and try and identify the pinch points. If your business is like a hose, right? Mm -hmm. At one end is the input. You find work, you do work, you bill for work. And at the other end, you get paid. Yeah. Where are the points in that hose that are squeezed off, that are pinched? What's going to stop you from expanding the flow? Look at your business. So look at, is it the types of projects, the types of clients, the way you bill an invoice? Or more importantly, look at yourself. Is the business doing for you what you want? Yeah. Right? We get into business for all different reasons. Absolutely. And most entrepreneurs get into business for freedom. But what actually happens? <laughs> Lack of freedom. It's the opposite. The business becomes our jail cell, right? Yes. It's the opposite. So, But what we've done is we've created that monster. So look back at your business. I don't care how big or small it is. And try to identify where it went off the rails, where it diverged from what you want. What do you want in your business? Do you want a business where... It, you get like the mailbox money, right? Every day, every week, every month, checks come in. Even if they're small, you can build volume. Or do you want a few high-ticket clients? Do you want to, does the group model, mastermind, fill your personal kind of like soul and how you want to deliver? Mm -hmm. Do you just want to build a whole bunch of subcontractors that just do work and you're just the face of the audience? Think about your ideal business model. Compare it to what you have and look where the gaps are because the gaps are going to tell you the type of productization or offer that you need to focus on. Hmm. So you just brought up that word, which is the honestly the crux of this entire conversation that we're having. And, and so I want you to define, okay, because for so many of us, especially highly skilled professionals, you went to school. You got an advanced degree, you went to work, maybe you started a business and people pay you for your brain and they pay you for, for, for thinking. And now we're talking about prototype productizing. What the heck is productizing? Right. That's a great question. And it can feel scary because it can feel like I'm like either giving away my knowledge or I'm losing control. But productizing is two things. It's creating a systematic and repeatable way to deliver mm. that minimizes your the system's dependency on you. That's number one. And number two is creating a brand and a message and a value proposition around that system. Right? So if you're the subject matter expert yeah. and you lay out a repeatable process that you use to work with your clients... You've probably got tools like documents and templates. You've yep. probably got software, whether it's customized, proprietary, or off the shelf. You've probably got people that help you with some of the delivery, administrative people or less experienced people. But you probably don't have all of that laid out in a very clean system. Right. So what happens is you just bolt things together as a client comes up. And, and it becomes more of a um, heavy lift every time. It feels like a much more custom solution from your delivery standpoint. You always want it to feel custom for the client, right? They want to feel special that you're doing their thing. Always bespoke for the client. Bespoke. But on the back end, it should be 95% the same process. Yes. So once you've built that out, then you're not selling Atiba's knowledge and experience. You're selling the Atiba blueprint an acceleration model. Yes. Just made it up, right? Yes. 
So that's where you start to add value and you can certainly increase your price point. But really what it comes down to is it, it extracts Atiba from the center of everything all the time. They're yeah. not buying you. They're buying the results of the process and system. Yes. And that's what I mean by productizing. And I think that's a really, really fantastic point that, that people have to hear, right? And one that we so greatly overlook. 95% of it should be systemized. 95% of what you do should be the same process for every single client. Yes, the outcomes are going to be different, but you're running through the same process, yeah. okay? You're running through the same process. Because, and here's why, and, and here's how we define it internally. And this is a term that we use. And it's funny, I, I had never used this term externally until earlier this week. And I was in a group call and I did, and people were like, oh my gosh, that's the perfect thing. But the challenge that you have as someone listening to us right now is you're going to say, yeah, but I'm the only one who can because I'm the one with the, and I've got this special. And so what you're also saying is what I do in my business is an art form, right? Because guess what? That's what artists are. My art is an expression of me and only I can create my art. Somebody else's art is different than, they, than, than mine and it's fine over there. But mm -hmm. that's why you feel like, no, it has to be me because I am the artist. I am the one who creates here. I am the one. It's my special sauce that I put in. But the key here in order to getting to that scalability with productization is turning art into science. And that's what Dean just said. Yeah. When we get to 95%, the same process all the way through, that's repeatable. What we've done is we've turned art into science. Yeah. And then you get to come in as the artist for that other 5%, right? That's the magic. That's the cherry on the top that makes it feel very customized for the client. So that's a beautiful way to put it. I would also break it down a little further and give our listeners some other ideas. Okay. So we've, we're talking about the products, productizing kind of our service delivery model, right? Is it, That's what it is. But you got to layer on top of that. How do you brand position and then price it? Mm. So let's talk about that. And then we'll give them some other examples. So I just made up something about Atiba's blueprint for dynamic success. Well, that's kind of a cheesy title. People actually get attracted to brands that feel legitimate and substantial, right? They do. Think about even all of the big like TED Talks and all of the brands and the speakers, they all have productized their stuff, right? Right. They all have their own offer that's branded. It may be the Brendan Brashard thing. We know Brendan, but we're buying his thing. Right. So it don't feel like you're devaluing it by taking yourself out of the middle. You're actually at maximizing the value. So that's one thing. Um, I, I was working with a, a client the other day and she has a team of, she, she calls them VAs, right? Mm -hmm. But they're like chief of staff type people, high level support for executives. And they have this 30 day onboarding process and she sells it by the hours, like five hours a time. But she has a hard time selling the onboarding process in addition to the monthly fee because nobody wants to pay for onboarding, right? Right. 
because it did there was low perceived value. And so we yes. went through this process and, and we realized that she was selling it for about a thousand bucks. She was actually putting about twelve hundred bucks of time in. So her realization rate was really low, right? But when we put together all the pieces of that onboarding, there's an onboarding survey. There's three steps of the process. There's a check-in after 30 days, and we called it the 30-day accelerator. She was able to sell that thing for 2,500 bucks. And nobody asked any questions versus a five-hour bucket at a time. So just a quick example. No, so that, that's pricing, great. that pricing thing is like it's a value-based pricing, not an hourly rate conversation. Yeah. Now let's start talking about that because we talked about the hose and kinks in the hose and so on and so forth, right? But now let's look at the hose of your business and say, and start to ask those questions about, okay, if I were to stop and look at my business, where should I decide to productize? Yeah. Because I, I, I'm just giving you a real story, real quick here. When I thought about this at first, we try to productize the whole thing and make the whole thing that we do one product that we can say, here is the one product that does everything. And well, we couldn't even get it off the ground. Like we couldn't finish it. <laughs> yeah. That's a big beast, right? It's a big right. beast. Yeah. Yeah. So I think if you're trying to do that, I think you could maybe get there in the end, but that's not where you begin. And so for an example, you may have a low ticket offer. You can take a front end piece, the $2,500 acceleration plan, right? Peel that off. That can be a low ticket offer to drive people into your sales funnel, mm -hmm. to get engaged with them, mm -hmm. to get them to experience your brilliance and the result. And then it's not truly an ascension model because I'm not a big fan of that, but it naturally flows to the next phase of the relationship. Mm -hmm. Right? So don't try and sell the whole elephant, right? Just sell the trunk. Right, if that's where they're at, that's good. So a productization example could be that. It could be a low ticket offer. It could be a course. It could be a mastermind. It could be a book. What if you wrote a book and you either sold it or gave it away? Of course, there's a lot of cachet to being an author and all of that. But Yes, of course. You know, so the book is productizing your knowledge in a different way. You know, I've got clients that will actually take some of the tools they use, some of the templates they use in their delivery of services, and they've sold them as a package of templates to other people in the space. Yeah. Are they giving away all the IP? No. But if there's high value in that, right? You're, it's a way to share your expertise as well. So you can break your offer into, into smaller chunks and productize each one. So before we go, we, uh, we got to touch this topic yep. because you just started touching it there, right? So often we think about productizing ourselves, our service and chunks and pieces of it. And we think about the only potential audience are our potential clients. But you just said something that's really interesting of you can productize your offer to teach other people in your industry mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. So over the last 10 years, in, in addition to the consulting work that we do in our firm, I do fractional engagement. So fractional CMO, fractional CRO kind of work. Even before it was called a fractional, right? I was doing this work. It's just kind of how my career evolved. And so one of the things I'm doing is I'm launching a mastermind, a course for a cohort model for other marketing consultants and sales consultants to teach them to be fractionals. 
it's a unique conversation where you elevate from the tactical to the strategic with your clients. Yeah. Now, are they competitors? No. Yes. No. Right. I don't care. I'm adding value to the world. I'm never going to, I don't want to take on all of that. Right. I want to help our industry grow. And so I'm taking 10 years of experience and all the landmines I've stepped on in these fractional engagements. And I'm going to teach this group how to do it. Right. How to find those engagements. So, it's a whole different way to monetize what's between my ears. And of course, groups are a great way to get leverage. I could teach these people individually, but that's not the model I want to go after. Yeah. So just an example. And it's a great example. And it's one that if you're listening to us, consider, right? You have to consider who is the audience. It doesn't have to be your current customer base. You may have a much bigger, much easier audience. You know, I give you a couple of examples on this. Dean gave you one of, of his there. So my son does drop shipping. He's been doing drop shipping since 2015. He's been doing drop shipping for a while now, and he's gotten pretty good at drop shipping. He now has created a drop shipping course to teach other drop shippers. Why? Because they're never going to be his competition because there's so much to drop ship. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And they don't want to go through all the years of heartache uh, that he went through and want to, to learn from him. Okay. That's exactly right. Another friend of mine out in, in the West Coast, he is an artist and he started his career 12 years ago and has grown a multi-million dollar agency and now is looking at and saying, man, there's so many starving artists out there who don't know how. And so he's created and taken his knowledge and productized that into, I think it's like a $20 a month monthly fee that they pay to be part of this community and they get to learn lessons from him. And he's getting hundreds of people in there. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. There are so many examples of that. That our core market is the professional services and tech and that kind of stuff, B2B businesses that are in the sort of three to 30 million. That's where we do a lot of work. And mm -hmm. when I found a number of years ago, my referral partner network needed all the things that I do for my clients, but they weren't there yet. So yeah. I created a mastermind for that smaller group, helped them grow. And eventually they, a lot of them became consulting clients too, but they grew their business. So you can take your expertise and model it around opportunities in the market. But again, I, I will say, Look back at your business. Look at back at your life. Are those things aligned? If they're out of alignment, you have an opportunity right. to re retune the business. Yeah, that's great. So I know for a lot of you, this may be a new topic. And it may be one that even sounds a little bit nebulous still. But if you're really in that place where you recognize the ceiling, on what you're doing in your business and you know change has to come in order to achieve the things that you want to achieve, this is a realistic option. And let me say this clearly and, and bluntly because we haven't said this here in this way yet. Dean went through and created those opportunities, but believe me, it wasn't just something that Dean thought up on his own. He talked to other people, he got guidance, and that's what led him into, into those, those areas, yeah. okay? Same thing for you. So we want to hear from you. Drop us a comment. Let us know what you're thinking of. Let us give you some advice on which way you might be able to go with your productizing of your knowledge. As always, my friends, we are the growth engineers. 
It's a pleasure to have you, and we'll see you next week. See you next time. Bye, guys.